Hey, Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Magnify Learning brings project-based learning workshops to schools across the country because we believe every child deserves to be a part of an inspiring story. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, the PBL Playbook Podcast will equip you with the stories, resources, and trainings you need to bring project-based learning to your school. If you want me to answer your PBL question on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Hey, PBL Playbook audience. I've got an announcement. Pretty soon, we're going to be changing the name of this podcast from the PBL Playbook Podcast to PBL Simplified Podcast which is really what we're doing. We're taking project-based learning and we're trying to simplify those things so that you can run with it and it can be successful in your environment. We have a YouTube channel called PBL Simplified. Three to five minute videos that walk you through the core components of project-based learning. My book's going to be coming out January 2023 with the same title, PBL Simplified. It's going to have a book study with it. You can walk your staff through it. Really, really excited. It's got a ton of student stories in it, a ton of teacher stories in it to walk you through the six clear steps of project-based learning to make this vision portion really clear for you. So that's going to be coming up. Episode 75 will be the first time we're going to officially announce it, but I wanted to give you a heads up. We're going to be moving from the PBL Playbook to PBL Simplified as the title of this podcast. I'm fired up about it. It's going to be this connected movement moving forward. But first, let me give you a quick word from our sponsor. Our sponsor is First Makerspace, and they like to pull you in, and I like this. So here's their question. Can you remember the last time you got truly engaged in a project? Maybe it was building a treehouse or creating a piece of art. Maybe it was playing an instrument. Maybe it was finding a way to organize that closet you've been avoiding for the past year. Whatever it was, it required you to get up and move, and you had a clear, meaningful purpose for the work. Students and teachers alike need to be engaged when it comes to learning. And for that to happen, the learning needs to have meaning. That's why we at Magnify Learning love PBL and why we believe in companies like First Makerspace that are all about creating environments that foster creativity and meaningful learning. First Makerspace wants to see kids so engaged with projects that they look forward to school. Check out how they can help you bring a makerspace to your school by going to firstmakerspace.com. If you look at the episode where I had the executive director, Mary Reinhardt, on, it's really pretty neat how First Makerspace will get with you and and brainstorm a makerspace space for you. They'll do that free of charge. It can be really big. It could be in the back of the media center, but they'd love to talk to you. A lot of great resources. They're a fun partner. Today, we're talking about impact with your vision. The big picture topic for today We're talking about mission drift. We're talking about vision. But what's the impact that will happen on your school when your vision is fully implemented? But before we dive into that, I want to talk about our opening need to know. We tried PBL once and the kids didn't get excited. Why not? That's the need to know we have today. And we get this not all the time. It's not as as common as what is PBL. We tried it and kids didn't get excited. And the easy answer is authenticity. 
It's always the answer. It's always authenticity. If you're doing project-based learning and your kids are not engaged, your teachers aren't engaged, somewhere in that process, you're lacking authenticity to the work. So what does that mean? You can have a project you do in school where you pretend to rework the schematics of a warehouse. And typically it looks like this. There's some kind of a driving question. There's a letter that comes into the kids and it says, Dear learners, my name is Mr. Smith and I work at warehouse ABC. And this is literally what is typically on there. And if you've done this entry event letter, I want you to listen very carefully. This is Mr. Smith, warehouse ABC, and we need to rework this warehouse. Things just aren't working and we need your help. Can you help us with a new schematic? And then you go through and you do you know, some math pieces, you do some physics, you might even bring in some cross-curricular pieces. But at the end of the day, they turn in a schematic for a warehouse and they talk about you know, why they did this or why they did that. We love the why, but the authenticity isn't there, right? It, we, we know this isn't a real warehouse. We know that Mr. Smith isn't a real person and we know that we're going to get a grade for this and that's going to be why we're doing it. And a small caveat, if I had an asterisk, I'd put an asterisk right here, uh, is that making that letter better is not the right answer. Like instead of saying Mr. Smith, if you say Mr. Kagalinski and you say Pella Windows Warehouse and you make those things appear real, but they're not, that's bad. Like eventually the teachers, fig- their, your learners figure this out. They realize it's a lie and that it's not real and you will lose them. So I say bad, it's probably not the right word to use, but I've just seen it happen again and again and you lose your learners. So what actually works, the authenticity piece, you you actually bring in an engineer that has an issue with the warehouse and they need new schematics. Like they're literally working on them. So it's it's the industrial engineer that is looking at the schematics of this warehouse saying, we've got new inventory coming in and we have a major issue here and we need some help. And they launch this true problem from their true job at their warehouse that they're working on out to your learners. And then your learners learn a lot of the same things, right? In the, in the fake scenario, they're learning those same things. You're tying in some interdisciplinary pieces. They're standards-based. And at the end, that same engineer is going to come back. And that same engineer now is going to look at the schematics. Not you necessarily. You'll look at it for your standards base. You'll take grades uh, through step three. And you'll have a lot of standards-based. You can have quizzes, unit tests, whatever you need. They're all going to be under this umbrella of Ryan came in as a real industrial engineer who really has this issue at his warehouse. These are real plans that we're looking at. Like We actually get to see this warehouse. And now we're going to pitch our idea back to Ryan. And Ryan's going to say really neat things like, wow, I really like that you use calculus for this. How did you do that? Or I wonder about this idea. Thank you for dressing up. I'm so excited you guys took this so seriously. And it completely changes the dynamic. So if you're doing PBL or you tried it once, kids didn't get excited, they didn't engage, somewhere in there, there's an authenticity issue. So we've got to figure that out. How can we make this more real world for our learners? How do we move that problem up closer to them? Because kids do need to know about geometry their sophomore year. But if they're in third grade right now, that's a really long way away. So we need to bring the problem way closer to them so they can be engaged with it. All right, that's our opening need to know. Let's jump into our main topic. Our main topic today is visioning and impact. 
So this is, this is a fun section to write. Three years from now, if your vision is fully implemented, what will be the impact on your school? Your teachers, your learners, if, if you fully implement your vision well, what does it look like? And this is a really important step. So I don't know, some of you might not be visionary folks. You might be integrators. I'm a visionary. I love this three-year out work. I love running uh, admin teams through this, districts through this, because we can start to flesh it out and start to see it. And when we can see it, we can start to make everything clearer for those that we're leading. So the, the first question I would ask you is, how will you measure success? How will you measure success? Peter Drucker said, what, measured, what gets measured gets managed. We've heard some people say what, what's measured gets done. So however you look at that, we need to measure so we can judge success. How will you know you're successful if you're not measuring something? And I agree that this is going to be difficult, right? Test scores are the easiest things to, to measure. So often that's what we use. And that should be on the board, right? That should be something you measure. What else can you measure? I'm going to point you way back to episode six on the PBL Playbook podcast. We had David Ross on the podcast, and he talked about measuring 21st century skills. How do you assess and how do you assess 21st century skills? Because the employability skills are really what we want our learners to have. So how do we start to measure those things? Because you need to measure it if you want to see it. We'll also put in the show notes some employability skills rubrics. We have some rubrics that are created uh, that will actually measure employability skills. So those are some things you can start to measure. I would also add a staff culture survey. Really easy to do. Create a Google form, put it out to your staff now, and then you know put it in once a semester or at the end of the year, whatever you think is best for you. But a staff culture survey. Give them some multiple choice, give them agree, disagree, give them some open answer paragraph surveys right there in Google Forms and hear what they say. Do the same thing with your learners. Maybe have your teachers do that with your learners, but you can get a lot of information through a free Google Form. It doesn't take very long. So how will you measure success? You don't have to use those, but how will you measure it? You need to struggle with that a little bit. Because our work is so personal and so passionate that sometimes it's like, well, I want kids to have better opportunities. I agree with you. How will you measure that? How will you know that they now have better opportunities that your vision's been implemented than before your vision was implemented? We need to work through that. And that can be difficult, So, but it's really important too. As you do that, here's the next question. Which measures most excite you as a leader? What are you going to get excited about? And this This is not a touchy-feely question. This isn't like a warm and fuzzy. This is like when you find things that excite you, that's your passion area. That's where you're going to get fired up and then your staff gets fired up and then your learners start to buy in. So what of the things that you're going to measure, which one gets you most excited as a leader? Is it that staff culture survey? Like you want to see that your teachers are like excited to be here and that's different as you're implementing this new vision? Um, Maybe it's learner-centered. However you want to best measure your leadership and this vision that you're, you're putting out there, what gets you most excited? What are you, as a leader, now freed up to do? What are you freed up to do? Once your vision's implementing, you have momentum, there will be things that you shouldn't have to do anymore. There might be some questions you don't have to answer. Um, you, might not ha- you might have less grumpy teacher conversations or... 
parents that are upset because you have a clear vision. They know where we're going. What are some things that you're freed up to do? Your staff is running with you. Your admin team's on is on fire with you. They're passionate. They know what they're doing. What are you now freed up to do? You know, do you now have that time where you've delegated some things and go back to the delegation episode so that you have time every Tuesday or every day from 8 to 8.30 where you have deep work time? Do you have that time yet? Because you should. You need it. How else are you going to track if this vision's moving forward? How are you going to measure your success? Maybe you measure time that you work on Saturdays. Once the vision's really implemented, are you working less on Saturday? That's a real goal, by the way. If we ever did coaching, that's one of the goals we put on the board right away. Is How do we get rid of that work on Saturday? Is your cell phone going to be on? Yeah, of course it is. But stop saving that work for the weekend or the evening. If you put that into the vision, that needs to like the impact should be on there that you are not working weekends anymore. Figure that out. All right. How are your teachers impacted? How are your learners impacted? Two separate buckets right there. If your vision's fully implemented, three years from now, what does it look like for your teachers to be on staff with you? Are they telling those other rock star teachers that are in their network that like, you should work here? Or they hear the stories that they're telling I want to go work there. And now you're the one that's like, ah, I, I mean, I didn't mean to steal your teachers. I didn't, I didn't even ask. They just came. Yep. Because your culture is awesome. Because three years from now, when your vision's implemented, it will be a place people want to work at. They're going to want to stay. They might get an offer to go somewhere else. They're going to be like, ah, sure, that's a little bit more money, but I can't leave this culture. Like, I love working here. What about your learners? Your learners are fired up to come to school because they're doing work that matters. They're telling their parents about meaningful work. That was one of the best testimonies that we had. You can just come back to my personal story of doing project-based learning in eighth grade with eighth graders. One of the best uh, testimonials we had was from a parent who said, you know, I always ask my kids, you know, how was school? And for years, the answer was fine. Right? That age-old answer, fine. Really? Because you were there for like eight hours and like people's full-time job are to help you. Like there's a lot of stuff going on and fine. But our learners started talking about the PBL units that they were involved in, the community partners that they talked to, the driving questions that they were engaging in, that they were doing really real, real world work and they were excited about it. And they'd go and tell their parents and parents would tell us like, my kid actually talks about school now. I feel like I know what my kid's doing. They're doing meaningful work at home. That's really neat. That's a really neat uh, measure, right? Can you measure that? Like maybe you, for your learners, you want to hear from a parent about how awesome things are. That should be part of your vision, I think. Like three years from now, what's the impact? The impact is that learners are talking about their work with parents and, they're, and both are excited, right? Like you'll get that parent call or that parent email that says, thank you so much. I can tell a difference three years from now. I can tell a difference in what this school used to be. You've really made an impact on my child. Thank you. And walk through that. From the learner experience, how will your learners be impacted? If you do a follow a student protocol for the day, what would the learner day look like? Well, that's exciting. That would be a really fun one to walk out. What will your learners do when they walk through your eight-period day? What would it look like? 
Like they're not moseying in the hallway because they want to get to their next class because they've got really neat work to do. Right? They've they they actually remember to take the things out of their locker that they need because there's a community partner there and they want to make sure that they're prepared. You've got learners that are you know, learning how to tie ties because they've got a, a presentation later that day. And that's the workshop that you get to do with them. Hey guys, we're going to do a how to tie a tie workshop with Mr. Story today because you're going to need it this year. Those are fun. Learners like those. because it, it feels like we've got a little more, uh, as my friend Maddie it likes to say a little pomp and circumstance to our work now. How will your learners be impacted? And the last question I have for you is what makes this work worth it? This work of creating a three-year vision plan, in case you haven't figured it out yet, after these four leadership episodes devoted to creating this vision, it's a lot of work. It might take you a half day. I don't know if you can put aside a half day. But if you add up all the times, if you're doing this work with me, it's a lot of work. So what makes this work worth it? What would it look like if people understood your clearly defined vision and then it was carried out? What would the impact be? What are the measures that have to, you have to hit to make this work worth it? Because I can tell you a clearly aligned vision, this works. If you can communicate this well to your staff, three years from now, you're going to hit this. So all this setup work, what makes it worth it? What has to happen at the end of this for you to be like, yeah, this was worth it. And these are personal metrics for you. I don't even care if you make these public. Like This is your personal why. So these can be like the, the measure of Saturday work, you know, time on vacation, like you get to turn your phone off for a couple days because you've equipped your admin team to take these and they just, they only call for like these three big things. They take care of everything else. Like, wouldn't that be a neat vacation? So put some personal measures here. And then of course, some professional ones, like what makes this work worth it when your school has a reputation in the community of being involved in the community of creating really neat outcomes for your learners And then eventually those learners come back to you and start to tell you about the stories of how the time at at your school impacted them and now their life is different. What makes this work worth it? Because it's hard work. Leadership, change process, visioning, these are hard things to do. If you're not aware of that, right? we we need to take a step back. Like This is hard. Not everybody does this. When you do this well, what makes this work worth it? Really important stuff here. And while I say it doesn't need to be public, I think at some point you'll want to make it public. Again, depending on the stakeholders who you're talking to, but your staff is going to want to hear, or at least your admin staff is going to want to hear that you're taking care of yourself. That encourages them to take care of themselves. You want to have a healthy staff. So eventually you'll need to communicate that as well, that we're, we're, we've got this double win as Michael Hyatt likes to call it, the double win at work and at home. That's really my passion in working in masterminds or coaching leaders. That's the importance of this work and this podcast and spelling out this vision with you is that you can have this double win. Because once you get there and you're, you're freed up where you're winning at home and you've got some margin and some space to breathe, now you're going to be really innovative. You're really supportive, right? You're going to do your best work. Your best work is 10 years out. 
So we want to make sure we get you there in a healthy, productive way. We're going to start with three years from now. Ten years is a little far out. Just trust me that your best work is 10 years out. We want to get you there. We still want you to have the creativity, the innovation, and the passion when you do. Because when you do that, you'll be engaging your learners, you'll be tackling boredom, and you'll be transforming your classrooms. <music>